The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Uh, Boris Johnson uh, has bid farewell to politics, or has he? He's certainly bid a temporary farewell. Uh, Lucy Fisher's chief political commentator at Times Radio, and she's with me now. Lucy, before we talk about the uh, former Prime Minister, let me ask you about the former First Minister uh, of Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon, arrested over the weekend. Remind us why she was arrested and what the current state of that investigation is. Well, as you say, the investigation uh, is ongoing into the SNP's finances uh, amid question marks about £600,000 that was raised for the independence cause, um, but question marks about how that money um, has been spent. Uh, as you say, she was arrested on Sunday and held uh, in custody for seven hours, then released without charge. And today, uh, Hamza Yousaf, her successor as both First Minister of Scotland and leader of the SNP, has said uh, after some deliberation that he is not going to suspend her. So this has led to a new uh, row within the party uh, and critics suggesting that he is giving her preferential treatment, not least as she herself um, pulled no punches in suspending others um, who were also under investigation um, uh, when she was leader. So why did Boris Johnson really quit politics? <laughs> well, uh, I think we have to um, pause uh, before we conclude that Boris Johnson has quit politics. It's <laughs> certainly uh, the case. Well, it's certainly the case that he has quit Parliament. Um, and uh, I think the factors are twofold. Primarily, uh, he had been uh, investigated by the Privileges Committee of the House of Commons. Last week, he was hand- handed their draft findings uh, into whether he uh, misled MPs about assurances he gave that uh, lockdowns in Downing Street during the pandemic didn't happen. Um, he decided to uh, step down on his own terms, seize the initiative after uh, the Privileges Committee is thought to have um, made clear to him they were going to meet out a sanction that itself could have led to a by-election. So um, Boris Johnson taking action before that, that may have happened anyway. Um, but look, as uh, as we say, let's not count him out of politics for good in that bitter, angry resignation statement he made on Friday night. He made clear he was only saying goodbye to Parliament for now. So he may yet um, seek a a seat um, before the next general election. Called back uh, to serve his country like his uh, the man he models himself on, maybe uh, Winston Churchill. Is Rishi Sunak likely to be glad he's uh, gone for the moment or, or might he fear kind of Boris Johnson without the constraints of being a backbencher and what he might say? Well, I think there is something in the fact that Boris Johnson cannot now lead any parliamentary rebellions against Sunak. Uh, and without having a seat, there is one sense in which he's off the pitch of politics proper. I think in another sense, the, the gains are probably quite marginal because Boris Johnson, you know, is a very skilled operator when it comes to making interventions. You know, a former journalist, he has uh, a sort of very punchy way with words. And there's a lot of speculation now on what he does next, whether that is returning to journalism uh, in some form. There's been speculation about him writing columns again for newspapers, possibly investigating his own TV show. So I think, you know, he may not be in Parliament, but there is a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of speculation among his Tory colleagues that he will continue to snipe from the sidelines. OK, so not quite a contestant and I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here just yet. Maybe at some point in the future. Some of his family members, I think, have been in the jungle. Anyway, Lucy, listen, thanks a million for talking us through all of that. Fionn Sheehan is with me as well in studio, Ireland editor with the Irish Independent. Uh, Fionn, uh, our own political machinations as well we have to deal with here. So how real is this threat to Leo Varadkar's leadership of Fine Gael? Not immediate, but... Uh 
he he is in place now since uh, 2017. He's in his second term uh, as Taoiseach and the party's fortunes aren't really seeing any any massive uplift. And he, he does have significant events uh, on the on the horizon. Uh, you have a local and European elections that will be happening around about now, this time uh, next year, or slightly later than they were previously because the way the European uh, Parliament has, has set the date uh, in June. So if that is to be a bad day for Fine Gael, and based on current polls, it will be a bad day uh, for, for Fine Gael uh, based on their, their results uh, in the, the last uh, local elections. Um, they won extra seats. They went up a little bit based on Leo Radker's leadership, 25% uh, at the time. They then dropped to 21 in the general election in 2020 and they're down regularly at around about 20% mm. at the moment. Leo Radcliffe's satisfaction rating isn't exactly thriving uh, either. Unlike people make the contrast with Michal Martin to say his party is performing badly but he does very well in opinion polls and people seem to, to like uh, and, and trust and, and regard him. So there is, does seem to be that issue now with, with Leo Radcliffe where there's also, you know, it's a smaller parliamentary party. There are less TDs. There are also uh, a large number of foreign ministers, some of whom are obviously disgruntled with the fact that they are former ministers mm. now uh, at this point. So there's there's plenty of people there to, to grumble uh, about him. But unless you actually see one of the heavy hitters coming forward and saying, I don't think this guy is cutting it anymore. It's hard to see something emerging. So uh, who are those potential heavy hitters? Simon Harris is the obvious one whose photo always appears in articles uh, (laughs) that are about Leo Varadkar's leadership. Who else in the party? Well, you obviously have, in terms of leadership contenders, uh, the, the, the safe option uh, would be flipping to Simon Coveney. Uh, long established, well experienced, safe pair of hands, and you can and you continue on uh, with him. You you jump on a few years uh, with with taking Simon Harris. Younger seem to be more in tune with with younger voters and so on and so forth. But very much question marks over over his own uh, track record of what he's actually delivered. Uh, and then you have other options such as kind of more wild card, new card. Um, Peter Burke, Jennifer Carroll, McNeil. But if there were to be a a sudden departure, yeah, you'd probably be looking at the two Simons. Uh, and what yeah. might be their line of thinking at this point? If they harbour serious ambitions to lead the party into the next election, it, it's with a view to doing it after those local Europeans. Is that is that, w- would that be the, the the rationale? Well, you you would see that uh, in terms of looking for something that you could identify that would say his leadership is in peril. You would mm. look at the local and European elections and how Fine Gael fare uh, on, on that day. And after leave, leading them through their worst general election performance in 75 years, if he was to follow that up with another disastrous performance in in a local and European elections, you'd have a short time period before a general election. The thinking would be that there might be people in the party who saying, listen, enough is enough here. We haven't got mm. this this famous bounce that you were promising us uh, when you became party leader, this really, really hasn't happened. There were question marks over Simon Coveney's future as well. In yeah, past. I mean, so, some suggestions only a couple of weeks ago he <clears throat> might step away. So he's moved house uh, out of his Cork South Central constituency across Cork Harbour over to over to East Cork near Cove, and hence people are suggesting that that 
would he would he fancy a life outside of politics? Simon is in it since the late 1990s, since the, the passing of his father. He's the full quarter century there uh, at this point and has built up a wealth of experience and therefore might have, have other options available to him. But the issue there is there's always now going to be links between senior figures in Fine Gael who have been in, in government for a, a over a decade, likely or like Simon, like mm. Pascal Donoghue, when positions come up, people will wonder, well, do, do, do they fancy that? And the problem of Radcliffe's perspective is he's the one who said himself over the years that he doesn't see himself being in a lifelong politician, that he will he will do this job uh, for a number of years and then he wants to move on to do other things. So you can hardly blame people as a result for speculating uh, that that perhaps he would be looking for a get-out clause. So maybe this is unfair <laughs> given, you know, what they say, a week is a long time in politics, but is this smart money on, on what, that he possibly survives Leo to the next election and I know he's talking today about, you know, uh, improving the seat count and, and returning to government but in all likelihood they end up in the opposition benches and Leo walks away? Well, in effect they're in government by default now. I mean, there, there were logical arguments being raised after the 2020 general election pasting that they got by by some like within the party credible figures like Richard Bruton were saying we need to step away from government now yeah. we need to go into the opposition we need to regroup think about what it is that, that we stand for and go back to the people and, and present them uh, with a platform instead you know they'd argue that they, they had they had to go into to, to government and form a coalition with Fianna Fáil and apart from a, a patriotic boost on the back of the onset of, of COVID-19 where there was a bit of a rallying around, mm. the, around the flag any sort of a, of a rise in Fine Gael's, uh, popularity has, has drifted away and let's remember along the way there have been controversies that Leo Varadkar has been involved it's not the first time we've been talking uh, about who would replace Leo Varadkar mm. because his own position was in peril for quite some time with that investigation into his his leaking uh, of a confidential document to a friend uh, ultimately um Nothing came of investigations there, uh, but ultimately there was a, a big shadow cast over him for eighteen months. And you know what? Those those controversies still do linger in the back of people's minds as well. What would he do after politics? Well, I mean, there are multiple options. He's a, he's a smart guy. I mean, on the on a personal front, if he wants to go back into the the, the medical area, he is uh, he's a qualified doctor. Now he he only finished off his his GP training. If he wants to go on and do uh, additional studies there or take up uh, some post in either medicine directly or in the health sector. Uh, additionally, on the international stage, once you've sat at the prime minister's table certain roles come up that they only look at people who've sat at the Prime Minister's table. He, he won't and, be on LinkedIn looking for a job. And there will be, you know, th- th- there's always uh, posts that come up and the shortlist always starts with who is a, a sitting or recently former Prime Minister who might be uh, suitable for a role like that. He's still a very young guy uh, as well. You have to, to, to bear in mind. Uh, so yeah, like, you know, there'll, there'll be options are plenty for him there. All right, listen, uh, Fionn, thanks a million for talking us through all of that. Fionn, she and Ireland editor with the Irish Independent. Uh, before Fionn, we spoke to Lucy Fisher, chief political commentator at the Times Radio. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.